I want to just share briefly from the book of 1 Corinthians, actually, um, which is quite interesting because it's the book that talks about tongues. So if you're interested in what we mentioned earlier and the prayer, the tongues, the, the, the prayer that came from Nancy and the interpretation, then read 1 Corinthians 14-ish, I think it is, and it will tell you a little bit more about that. But um, before I share from 1 Corinthians, I went for a run, not last week, but the week before. And it had been my first run. You like this, Phil. You like a good running analogy, don't you? But um, it had been my first run since I had my medical episode back in March. So I'd, uh, I was in hospital for a week, if you didn't know. But I've been trying to get out a little bit, do a little bit of swimming, a little bit of cycling. But running felt like a new kind of level. It felt like an extra thing. So when I say I went for a run, really it was a run and then a bit of a walk and maybe running then a little bit more and a bit more of a walk. Um, but I, I've couldn't run anywhere near like what I used to be able to run. Not that I've ever particularly been a runner. But isn't it frustrating when you haven't done something like that for a while? And then you go out and you just think, oh, I should be able to do more than this. And then I woke up the next morning and my quads were on fire. And it was like, I basically walked most of it. And now my legs are hurting and I feel absolutely exhausted and um, wasn't too happy. I haven't been out for a run again since. I need to get back into it because you know what? The longer you leave it before going out again, then the more painful it is still. So I need to kind of get over that. But I share that little story for two reasons. The first one is that many of us are out of practice doing this church thing. I, feel, I felt really nervous about being up in the front again and speaking to, to faces again because I've been used to talking to a camera for a year and a half. And I've been used to, when I've been preaching, I've been used to be able to turn the camera off or just stop, and stop talking to my iPhone and start again if it went wrong. And that's been really nice because the pressure's off then, isn't it? And, but it is actually really difficult. Pre- David Betts, you probably know this, you do a much better job than me, but preaching to a camera is really tough. And so we're out of practice. So I just thought I'd do a little appeal. Just like my run didn't go very well because I hadn't done it for a long time. Uh, Many of us, all of us, haven't preached like this for a good year and a half. So just for me and the other people preaching over the next few weeks, just go easy on us, will you? Maybe chuck a a few amens to encourage us (laughs) as we go along. Just like you're doing well or something like that. Or just, you know, let's let's not be too English about it over these next few weeks because we're out of practice. And uh, the second reason I share that running story is that we're all out of practice, aren't we? We're all out of practice coming to a gathering like this. And it might sound, or it might seem a little bit strange for the first few weeks. It might, you might actually feel a little bit out of place. You might even feel a little bit, I don't know, uncertain about it. Or, is this, are we okay to do this? We've been told for so long to stay apart and not gather like this. You might actually find, find it a little bit difficult. It might even be a little bit painful. But I think we're all really raring to get back, which is good. But if you feel a little bit out of place, then go easy on yourself and uh, keep coming. Like running, you need to kind of keep going for a few runs to get your fitness back. You might need to come for a few weeks before you start to feel comfortable. So if you're feeling a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure about this, then as long as you're happy to, as long as you're safe, as long as, you know, all that kind of stuff, then, then keep coming back because I think this is going to be a really good season for us. And I use the term coming back, but I've really intentionally not said that phrase yet, I hope anyway, unless I've uh, done it by, by accident. Because we're not coming back, really. We're moving forwards. And that's what I'd love our mindset to be. That's what we as a leadership team want, that we're not just coming back. We're not just picking things up. We're not just dusting ourselves off, carrying on as it was before. There's something new that God's calling us into. 
And I think it's really exciting. And so let's be keen to move forward together. So I've been reading 1 Corinthians as part of my daily reading over the last few weeks. It's a letter that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth. And primarily, I think he's writing it to address some issues that there are in the church. But there's lots of encouragements in there as well. But it's clear that not, not all is well with the church in Corinth. There's problems like immaturity, divisions, jealousy and envy. There's lawsuits, believers taking other believers to court. There's marital difficulties, there's immorality, and there's misuse of spiritual gifts. All this is going on in the church in Corinth that Paul wants to write and address. However, I love the way that Paul starts his letter. If you read in chapters 1 and 2, there's a real focus on the cross of Christ as he begins his letter. If you read at the end, there's 16 chapters, but chapter 15 right at the end, just before the last chapter, is a real focus on the resurrection. So it's almost like Paul's bookending his letter to the Corinth with the crucifixion and the resurrection. It's almost like everything that's happening in the middle is in light of crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And I love the way he writes. I love the way he does that. I'd encourage you to read it. But listen to some of these truths. Chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, verse 18, Paul says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Yes, thank you for I was going to say that's, that's a good time for an amen. Thank you. Chapter 1, verse 22. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Amen. There's a whole section here at the beginning of 1 Corinthians where Paul is, is, is saying to, to the church in Corinth, don't try and convince people with fine-sounding arguments. Don't try and have an, a kind of eloquent presentation, but just rely on the power of the cross of Christ because that's where the power is. Preach the gospel. Focus on the cross. That's what it's all about. Don't try and be clever with it. Keep it simple. Keep the focus on Christ. So he begins chapter 2 and verse 1 with this. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And then let's jump to chapter 15, some words about the resurrection. Verse 3, for what I received, I passed on to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then verse 20, thank you. I hear that hallelujah. Wonderful. Verse 20 of chapter 15. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Amen. And then I love these words as he comes to the end of chapter 15 from verse 54. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
What incredible words. What an amazing way for Paul to start his letter and end his letter. Let me encourage you to read that book with that mindset. But why do I share that today? Well, we've been through a very difficult 18 months, haven't we? Individually and as the church. We've had to find new ways to operate, new ways to stay in touch, new ways to worship together. But God has still been at work. We've seen Linda baptized in the river, Loddon, which was a fantastic event. People have come to faith. We've seen people join the church in lockdown. Again, welcome if you've joined us, if you're here for the first time in person, but you've joined us during lockdown. Welcome. So good to have you with us. We've seen our links with other nations really developed. I talked about Patty and, uh, and how she's been joining us from Uganda. I know you felt really connected to us, Patty, which has been fantastic. But we think of people like Isaac in India and our connections with Philip and those in Brazil. And it's just been fantastic to see those develop. God has been at work. This time has not been wasted. But we must as we start to regather, as we start to see what God wants to do in and through us, we must keep our focus on the cross and the empty tomb. You know, it'd be so easy to almost idolize church, almost kind of think, this is the way we want it done. This is what we've got to do. This is how it's got to be. But if we keep our focus on the cross and the resurrection, as Paul encourages this church in Corinth to do, then I don't think we'll go far wrong. Let's continue to make it the foundation of all we do. You know, it's so easy to get sidetracked. The church in Corinth, we saw all that the church in Corinth was doing. We can read about it in that book. As I said, all was not well in the church in Corinth. And I'm not saying that's going on here, but it's so easy to get sidetracked. It's so easy for things to come in and take our attention away from Christ. But as Paul did to his readers, let's focus on the cross and the empty tomb. We're going to do a series starting very soon about fixing our eyes on Jesus, that wonderful verse from Hebrews that encourages us to do that. We've been focused on Christ, one of the mount on our online series, but we're going to keep our focus on Christ because his work is what gives us all life. So some have found the last 18 months desperately difficult, and we are in a, seri- in a season of recovery regathering and reconnection. So this isn't a big call to action. I'm not saying you get out there and, I mean, I go for it, but I'm not, I'm not trying to push us all out saying, preach this, preach this. We're recovering, we're regathering, we're reconnecting. But today, kind of meeting number one here at the URC, I want to remind us of the cross and the empty tomb because it's the foundation of all that we do. So even in the last few days where we've received this really saddening news about Colin, about Glynis, about Nady, and I know there's been others as well, there's been people who've gone through some really tough times in these last 18 months, and it has been painful. But let's remember that the crucifixion and the resurrection has changed everything. And Colin and Glynis and Nady and others are living in the good of that now. They are with, in paradise with Jesus. And it's because of the cross and the empty tomb that that is possible. So until Jesus returns and makes everything new, yes, there's going to be difficult times around. 
We're going to see things that are imperfect in the church. Corinth's church wasn't perfect, was it? We'll see things that are imperfect in the church, imperfect in our lives. But the cross and the empty tomb cover that for those who are in Christ. So let's have lots of grace for each other. Let's recommit to regathering, reconnecting, recovering. Let's commit to this season. Let's keep our eyes on the cross. Let's keep our eyes on the empty tomb. And I really believe God is going to do something with us. I believe this is an exciting time, not just never before, for all the churches. I think God is going to move. There's opportunity like never before off the back of the pandemic. But let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's not let other things come in, take our distraction, take Paul's encouragement, because the work of Christ changes everything. Amen?